On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we try to get to the bottom of all that's going on with Remax Field in Edmonton and what the future has in store for it. Welcome to episode 93 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Over the last few weeks, and frankly, the last couple of years, a lot of questions have been raised about Remax Field in Edmonton. The alarm was first sounded in early 2018 when Edmonton Prospects owner Pat Cassidy came forward saying there was concern City Council in the capital was considering a proposal to tear down the park and build condos. While that development didn't seem to gain any traction, Cassidy found himself struggling to get a long-term lease to keep the Western Canadian Baseball League franchise in the River Valley. The ongoing negotiations resulted in a one-year deal for 2019 and then again for 2020. Amongst the news of the COVID-19 pandemic, another curveball as news surfaced. The city had signed a 10-year lease agreement with another group led by former Edmonton Oilers defenseman and Alberta baseball player Dr. Randy Gregg. That led the prospects to announce they would be moving to Spruce Grove for the 2022 campaign. We'll hear from Gregg in a while, but we'll start this episode off with Cassidy as he talks about what the last few months have been like, what's to come, and a really interesting question about what will happen in Remax next summer, if anything at all. Pat, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, very welcome. Uh, glad to join you. I got to start off with how challenging has it been from your perspective to navigate these waters around trying to not only get a season going, but also trying to figure out what exactly is going on at Remax. Well, I, I, you know, it's extremely, extremely challenging. There's no other way to answer that. Um, I mean, I guess when you, if you, if you sort of look at our existence, we've always operated, often operated on a year-to-year basis, and and so we're kind of used to, you know, challenges and having to deal with things that a lot of other franchises don't have to deal with. Um, but uh, yeah, this this past year, uh, certainly, certainly did not expect have to deal with a pandemic and uh and all of the added complications that that's uh, brought to the table so um it's um it's been challenging but uh you know i gotta say we are a resilient group and we uh we we tend to take those challenges on head on and uh, try to find solutions I know you have been working on multi-year leases and you could just never seem to really get the ball rolling there. What was your latest proposal to the city when it comes to a 10-year lease? Yeah, so they they had put out an RFP uh, on a 10-year lease and we certainly uh, wanted to secure that. Um, our, Our proposal really came down to upgrades to the facility we wanted to redo the turf we wanted to bring in a new digital score clock we wanted uh you know new lights new led lights in the facility both from the the standpoint of improving the quality of the lighting which wasn't terrible but it it was you know we were starting to have like 20 percent 25 percent of the bulbs were burnt out and it was time to replace them anyway and uh really just to reduce the annual uh, energy costs of the facility which when you're talking 25 year old um, light bulbs and a 25 year old system. There's just new stuff on the market nowadays that just, you know, makes that make way more sense. So, uh, there was, there was those three sort of major items. Uh, and in addition to that, we really wanted to try to get that, uh, 
food and beverage operation in the home plate lounge up and operating on a, a year-round basis. It's something that, uh, you know, we uh, canvassed the community in those area, in that area down there, and something that they felt, yeah, we, we sure like that. There's nothing down here. And so uh, that was part of our plan as well. Uh, we had also proposed sort of a, uh, a phased proposal in that we had the 10-year, we had a 20-year, and, and, and then some longer sort of permanent type uh, proposals that involve some development across the street. So we saw it as sort of let's let's focus on on the ballpark footprint. Let's let's make sure that that's stable, and we've got that looked after. And you know, and we've got a situation where it's much improved for our fan base. Uh, and then let's see what we can grow into beyond that. So that that kind of was the gist of our uh, of our proposal. Did you get the sense at all that the city had bought in at all over the last couple of years? Because there's been so many different news stories that have popped up. There have been so many different proposals that have been thrown out there. I mean, did you ever get the sense that you were you were getting a buy-in around the council table? Uh, well, you know, we don't sit around the council table, so you might you might have some communication with uh, the odd councillor from time to time, and but but really, for the most part, you're you're dealing with administration. In, in, in as far as this city of Edmonton is concerned, anyway, that's how they operate. Um, I think I can say that up until the Randy Gregg group sort of uh, came into the picture, we had we had a good relationship going with uh, the city of Edmonton. Uh, we, you know, there there's always challenges in running a big facility like that, but uh, there was always uh, an open door and the ability to work through those challenges. And I would say, uh, you know, a little over two years ago, that kind of all sort of went in a totally different direction when a, when a new party sort of entered the picture. And uh, from that point forward, it, it uh, I would say, uh, I, I think the writing became uh, apparent at that time. Is that when you started to open up conversations around possibly moving the franchise or talking about what the next steps will have to be? Well, the, the thing people have to understand about Spruce Grove is we've always seen that as a, an exciting opportunity. Uh, we, we, there's so many things we like about Spruce Grove in terms of the demographics, uh, location, just far enough out of the city, but but still access to the city. Um, there's there's many parallels in Spruce Grove with what's going on in, in Okotoks right now. And so we, we saw that as a, a, as a great option and opportunity for this league. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the leadership of the league itself always always wanted uh, potentially another another franchise up in this area to reduce some travel for the Fort McMurray's and you know ourselves for that matter and uh, so it, you know it's a lot of reasons why it made why, why a second franchise in the region made sense I think what happened was uh, as we were working slowly working on that pro- project this may have expedited that no doubt about that would you entertain the idea of being co-tenant within Remax, uh, I think that's potentially suicidal for both parties. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, in my mind that doesn't make sense. And and you gotta have to, you know, you have to understand that we've been living and growing organically. We've been growing this market for a number of years now. I mean, the first year we we we, we were in the ballpark, we drew under six thousand fans for the entire season and lost a quarter million dollars. Um, and, and then, but managed to, to, to hang in there and continue to grow it year to year, but it's not like it went from 6,000 to 60,000 the next year. 
it's taken it's taken us since 2012 to go from 6,000 to 60,000. And so baseball fans, like anybody else, they've got busy summers, other things going on. There's a lot of competition for entertainment in Edmonton. Uh, you know, what we found over the last few years is, is flex packs are far more popular product than season tickets. Um, and that's because, you know, most fans, most fans, can't commit to 28 games, 30 games, 56 games. They look at the, they look at their their lifestyle and their schedule, and they go, you know what? We love prospects games. Let's go get one of those 10 game flex packs or a six game flex pack. So whether you're offering two schedules, so you got a total of, you know, instead of 28 home games, now maybe you got 56 home games. That family is still only buying a six game flex pack, and now they might, well, we'll go to, you know three of these games and three of those games, which is great, but it, it basically it dilutes and, 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 uh, you know, creates problems that way in terms of, um, in terms of the bottom line, I guess, um, so to speak, but, uh, another facility, you know, the other thing about the same facility, two teams operating out of the same facility, there are certain dates in baseball that get rained out as we all know, but there are also certain dates where the fan base, They've had a busy weekend. The the Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, they're gonna think twice about going out to a ball game. So, you know, in the baseball business, you try to focus most of your marketing efforts and and, and promotions and and those types of things on your your Thursday to Sunday dates. That's your primary draw. And when you've got one team that are already consuming a big chunk of those dates, um, it's gonna you know basically you're gonna have a lot of nights where you you got a team out there and you've got all the operational staff out there, but you've got 500 people in the seats. So I'm not saying that it's not something that could work in Edmonton because of the, the market size. I'm not saying it's not something that could work in Edmonton five years from now. I just think it's not, it's not right now. And uh, whereas uh, a second facility uh, 30 minutes away, um, there's, there's a whole different dynamic there. Are you open to the notion of opening up that, territorial uh, right that you have because that's one of the questions that has popped up over the last few days here is hey you have the territorial right over the Edmonton region are you open to having that opened up for a second team in the Edmonton region I've sort of let it be known that you know everything's for sale um, but so far there's been no offers is that just to basically say that nobody has come forward saying we we want that second team but if the the option does come up you're willing to look at it essentially Somebody came and put a, a a reasonable offer on the table. We would we would look at it, but so far that's not happened. So it's not an option for us right now. Understood. Now there is one question mark that's been lingering over the last little while, and it is that you are moving to Spruce Grove for 2022. But what about 2021? What do you have in mind for that? Uh so we were hoping we had made a proposal to the city of Edmonton, uh, uh, sort of when this pandemic situation. Uh, started probably back in March sometime with uh, and, and and floated the idea of maybe extending that fifth year option year to a sixth year option year so we could if the season was canceled roll roll our current situation into next year which would uh, you know help us address our, our season tickets and our flex pack sales as well as our sponsors dealers deals that we have in place and they uh, basically rejected that outright. Um, I, I think it was part of a hardline 
a negotiation tactic, but, uh, you know, it was rejected. So we're looking at other options. We're going to give ourselves uh, probably till August 1st to find another option. And if there are no options, if we've got nowhere to play next year, we'll, we'll go back to the league and request a leave of absence for a year until we can get uh, Spruce Grove up and, and operating. So when it comes to 2022, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know that there's uh, that level of optimism that you, you kind of need to be in that line of work. How excited are you about the notion of bringing a team with some sustainability to it, to that area uh, heading into 22? Uh, extremely excited. Uh, you know, it, it, every day something new happens on that front and, uh, and people step up to the plate and say, hey, we want to get involved. You know, and, uh, you know, the beauty of that uh, project is you get to start with uh, a fresh piece of paper, blank slate. You know, we, we've got some trees and we, we've got a certain configuration of this land, et cetera, and whatnot. So you got you got some certain realities to deal with. But you're you're really able to to sort of bring forth a lot of new concepts and new ideas to a development that uh, sometimes are challenging and hard to do when you when you've got. A facility and infrastructure that's already in place and so this this just opens the door wide open to to everything and anything and uh, we've got some we've got some pretty exciting ideas and concepts that are going to be incorporated into this ballpark um you know we look at it as a regional ballpark we're certainly in spruce grove and it'll certainly be the spruce grove something or others and uh um but uh, we you know we look at it as a regional ballpark and uh we're within uh 20, 25 minutes of 750,000 people. So we've got the ability to to do some pretty exciting things out there. And and it's, you know, for a guy like me, I've been in design, build, construction all my life. I've been to many ballparks. I study ballparks. I'm, I'm kind of a nutcase when I, with that type of stuff. Uh, you know, so so this is a, this is an incredible opportunity for me. I'm excited about it. And I like the idea of being in control of your own destiny. Do you foresee yourself getting into a similar situation like you were in Edmonton where maybe you have an academy, maybe you have some other pieces to the baseball puzzle for Spruce Grove and the area? Well, we, we, we've had, uh, you know, some, some ongoing negotiations and discussions with, uh, with Parkland Minor Baseball, which is, happens to be one of the largest and most progressive baseball associations in Alberta. They're, they're just doing a tremendous job out there and they've got, uh, you know, desires for an Academy. You know, we, we've got a, a facility that would cater to their needs from a competitive standpoint and training standpoint. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something we're working on and something they're, they're certain, you know, giving some serious consideration to, and it, it, it's one of those items that we'd like to incorporate into the, uh, the synergy of this uh, development. When you look at your story versus maybe the story that developed down in the Calgary area 15 years ago about, and and you saw uh, out of the Calgary dogs become the Okotoks dogs, have you leaned it all on John or Candia as kind of maybe to say, hey, what did you do in this situation, that kind of thing? What have the conversations been like? John is a tremendous resource. Uh, you know, he's a very intelligent guy. He's he's got some incredible experiences and and uh, he's he's built a, an amazing story down there with what's going on in Okotoks and their ballparks and facilities etc and and whatnot. So you you would have to be crazy not to you know to, to to throw ideas and bounce ideas off of John and talk about things and and he's uh he's an incredibly supportive guy and uh, yeah we've uh, 
as this thing sort of started playing itself out, uh, my my phone rings on a fairly regular basis, and I see John or Candy's name come up. So, you know, there's been a fair bit of communication going on. I will couch that by saying John is by nature a lawyer, so he's a little more negative per se than say I am the entrepreneur. So maybe he keeps me in check a little bit that way. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, you know obviously if we could replicate even. 50% what they've been able to do down there. We too will have a very f- successful franchise and operation in, uh, in Spruce Grove. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, all I can do is tip my, my cap to what's gone on down there because, you know, with everything you need, you need leadership and you need something to look to, to say, Hey, look what's going on down there. You know, we got to start thinking outside the box over here. And, and let's see what we can do. And, uh, you know, so so that's the great thing about competition and, and new ideas. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's uh, you're absolutely right. John's John's a John's a tremendous asset to our league. And if you don't rely on him and, and touch base with him on, on certain things, it's uh, you know, it's it's not not really what you should be doing. As much as we'd all love to be playing and watching baseball right now, do you view the next couple of months here as a bit of an opportunity to take a foot off the gas and and maybe kind of reassess where everything is at, but also be able to plan for the future uh, and maybe um, focus in on it just a little bit more? Well, I don't know if I'd say we're going to take our foot off the gas. We're just we're basically just jumping in a different car and we're going to keep the pressure, same pressure applied to the gas bill. Um, we're just we're just going in a, a little bit of a, a new direction, a different direction. Um, and uh, I, I used to be in the construction business. And I, I've told many people that you spend as much time and effort planning a facility as you do building it. And, you know, it's like you actually pre-build it on paper in your mind. You go through that exercise. It can take months. And then finally, it's like, here's the blueprint. And then you give it to your production group and away they go. So there's a. Uh, there's all of that, that that we're currently working on right now. And, and to be quite honest, that's the, to me, that's the fun side of all, all of all of this stuff is the, the ability to take a blank slate of paper and, and create and, and then have different people come into the picture and tell you they want to get involved and, and you try to plug them in. So we welcome that. Anybody that's interested in, in finding out what we're doing at Spruce Grove and wants to get involved, uh, we've got some pretty exciting concepts going on out there and, uh, and we welcome that. Do you find yourself learning a little bit more each day, whether it's through, you know, business and, and politics or whether it's through uh, being able to to plan something with this blank slate that you now have? I think life, <laughs> the thing about life is it seems like you never have to stop learning. And so, uh, you know, we're always learning and, uh, you know, you get thrown new challenges and, and things maybe you hadn't anticipated. So first, the first part of that process is usually doing some sort of research and, and, and trying to figure out, okay, let's learn about it first. I mean, you know, you look at the pandemic situation, this first, first month, month and a half, uh, that was nothing more than sheer. We have no idea where this is going, where it's headed. We need to learn. And then once we learn something, now we can start to plan. And, and that's the same situation in Spruce Grove with the new ballpark. Uh, you know, I got my guys, our team is we're out, uh, we're out researching. We're looking at various facilities. What are they doing over there? I mean, what are they doing over there? What have they done over there? So that we can, you know, when we finally put this thing together, we've got a state-of-the-art cutting-edge facility and it caters to the fan base and it, it provides more reasons for people to come and enjoy baseball, but maybe some other things that are associated with it. 
And, um, you know, we see it as a community gathering center. And I, I think that whole community gathering center is, a, is probably the biggest factor in the success of the Okotoks dog. So we certainly don't want to miss the boat on that, on that issue for sure. I was going to ask about that side of it, especially getting that blank slate, not just from a, a land perspective, but also getting a bit of a blank slate when it comes to the politics side of it as well. What kind of buy-in have you had from Spruce Grove? What kinds of conversations have you had so far with the community at large? Well, it's it's been uh, uh, 98.9% positive. Um, you know, of course, there's those that we got a few trees we got to knock down, so we, we got to deal with that. But uh, um, just tremendous tremendous optimism tremendous support tremendous uh yes you know we want to we want to do whatever we can to help make this go we want we want a wcbl franchise in this community so uh the mayor's been you know the mayor's a sports guy and a, and a baseball guy and his son's been involved in baseball all his life and and so he, he you know it's a no-brainer for him he's he's all over it and uh and and the administration has been very supportive and sort of helping us through the process and and pointing us in the right direction and uh so it's been very collaborative and so far we've been moving along um very constructively and uh i think 2022 for a ballpark to be operating is aggressive but i think it's possible given given what's going on final question for you here pat what excites you the most about 2021 and beyond well, I guess uh, obviously the situation in Spruce Grove. I think uh, the league itself. I realize we're we're shut down right now, but we're also working on a another project that's uh, we're, we're sort of we're going to come up with a name for it, but it's a, a legacy project, and and basically it's a it's a program designed to help solidify and strengthen our league. We want to involve government. Uh, you know, it's about tourism. It's about creating some stimulus. It's about economic diversification. Uh, community enhancement and healing. I mean, our league has got so many attributes that just tap right into, you know, the whole, the, the entire fabric of, of, of Alberta and Saskatchewan. And, and uh, we, we just need to find a better way to articulate that and get that message out across the provinces. And, and we've got a meeting coming up next week with one of the ministers in, in Edmonton here. And so, so while we've got some downtime and we can start focusing on some bigger picture stuff, we see this as an, an incredible opportunity to sort of take our league to a new level. Exciting times ahead for sure, Pat. Unfortunately, it's just not going to be this summer. We'll have to look ahead to 2021 and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us your perspective on what's been going on lately. All right, you're most welcome. Thank you. Now, as mentioned, the lease was signed by a group headed up by Dr. Randy Gregg. Best known for his time with the Edmonton Oilers, he's no stranger to the baseball parks of his hometown. He was a pitcher for the Alberta Major Baseball League's Edmonton Tigers in the 1970s. I reached out to Greg last week to clear the air about what he's hoping to accomplish with the lease and when he plans to approach the Western Canadian Baseball League about not only getting a franchise, but also the challenges around the territorial rights held by the prospects. Randy, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. It's my pleasure, and Nice to be here. Let's start off with your vision. Where do you want to take this over the next 10 years with that lease? So really, we've talked about a lot of things, and we really have four criteria. Uh, first of all, the, the Edmonton Prospects have done a, a good job providing 
a really good level of baseball for people to go down. Um, unfortunately, they haven't been able to expand to the level that the city is interested in, but still there's a, a good group of 1,500 or 2,000 people to go down and watch many of the games. So the first thing is, is we would like to be able to uh, offer an opportunity for the Ebner prospects to continue to play in the WCBL uh, in the future years. Um, we've given what we thought was a fantastic offer where we would spend close to half a million dollars putting the infrastructure upgrades up. The field turf right now is falling apart. It's a danger to the, the players that are out there. The scoreboard is archaic. And so to really improve and, and uh, sort of optimize the fan experience, there has been uh, an investment that was supposed to be and should have been made uh, many years ago. And we're willing to do that. Uh, we also have given the prospects owner the option of, of no overhead costs and just revenue sharing, something we think is really reasonable. And we'll wait and see if he, uh, uh, unfortunately, the I think the prospects were have been thinking for the last two or three years of going to Spruce Grove and building a new facility. I wish them well. If that works out well for them, that would be a nice addition uh, to the league. But certainly our goal is to keep the prospects there. The second component, uh, there's a very, very major cost to uh, keep that facility going. And if you are going to pay your bills, which I think most good businesses do, um, you need to raise enough money. And so we'd like to be able to see whether the WCBL would have a second team at Edmonton. Uh, there was a team in Brooks, Alberta, 8,800 people. And so we think of with a city the size of Edmonton, 970,000 people, that two teams could really do quite well there. It's only a short season. It's a summer collegiate baseball league, lots of energy, lots of excitement. And we'd love to be able to have fans say, you know, it's a Tuesday night. I think there's a ball game going on. I want to go down and have some fun. Well-organized, uh, local uh, affordable um, tickets for families to come. And so that would be another goal is to have two teams down there that would be able to create a rivalry, a lot like the Edmonton Huskies and the Edmonton Wildcats in football. It works very well in that regard. It's not professional baseball, but it's really exciting baseball for people to watch. The third part, though, is really an important one. And, you know, we have pockets of amazing uh, minor baseball organization around Edmonton, in the Edmonton area, in places like Sherwood Park and St. Albert, Spruce Grove and so forth. And so uh, these pockets are doing a great job in developing these young people. And hopefully a lot of our young Edmonton uh, kids are going on to scholarships down in the States and, and having a nice career in baseball. What we want to be able to do is kind of establish a bit of a hub, possibly a 12-month-a-year indoor facility there so that uh, with really good coaching and the infrastructure of the beautiful uh, Remax field, be able to give uh, these players a chance to not only work real hard at their own local facility, but also get a chance to do that down at Remax field. So uh, a minor baseball component would be a, a real key. Uh, the final and fourth thing is that, you know, although it's a baseball facility, we really want to think about it as an entertainment venue. You know, some of the music concerts, the arts, the cultural events, some of the uh, indigenous events that, that are available. Um, those are things that I don't know a whole, whole lot about. I know a little bit about medicine, a little bit about hockey and baseball, uh, but there are people out there and there's some really strong arts and music community here in Edmonton. And we like to talk to them and collaborate because we think this facility could be well used when it comes to the arts and, and music community. We also know that Horlock Park, which uh, hosts a lot of music venues uh, throughout the summertime 
will in the next uh, one or two or three years be closed down for renovations. And so a lot of those events will have to go somewhere. And we think it would be just a natural to just drive a quarter of a mile down River Road and be able to use Remax Field. So we have kind of an all-encompassing uh, vision to what uh, the future holds for Remax Field. But we really hope that on behalf of the community and the citizens here in Edmonton that may or may not enjoy baseball, that in fact it's, uh, Remax Field stays where it is, uh, it's upgraded to the degree that it should be, to the quality that uh, Edmontonians expect. And we put a lot of exciting baseball and other events in there. I know there were a lot of rumors flying around about what was being proposed originally, like a double-A minor league baseball franchise. Was that ever in the cards, or were you just kicking tires on that possibility? Uh, well, we weren't kicking tires. I'm not sure whether that com- where the comment came from. But one of the problems with Major League Baseball right now is they're really contracting their minor baseball programs. So the L.A. Dodgers, for instance, may stop having a double-A team in, in Ohio or a single-A team in Oregon. And we're seeing that with other leagues that, in fact, a lot of these small communities are actually losing their teams. So the idea of... Uh, an affiliate professional baseball team having to come across the border with not only American players, but also Dominican and some, you know, uh, uh, other non-American players that might have difficulty with border crossing. And then look at the Canadian dollars, looking at the travel expenses, and then the contraction of minor baseball. Really, I think that's that's just a non-starter. I don't think that will ever happen. And in fact, when you think about it, there are some really, really good leagues that provide an exciting level of baseball and maybe just as exciting as professional baseball, but not with all the difficulties that are attached to that. I know there have also been some questions as to who is all behind this effort. When did you first believe you needed to step in to do something with the River Valley? Yeah, so uh, back in April uh, and March of last year, the city said you know we're, we're really we're not going to give the prospects another 10-year lease we want to put out this request for a proposal to anyone whether it be person down the street or a company or whatever we want to get a number of individuals to look and then assess the options of how uh, the community wants to go and uh, so at that point in time i have a, a lot of uh, friends of course i've been in Edmontonian all my life a lot of individuals and rather than just a bunch of old investors, which are pretty easy to get, what we really wanted to do is put together a group of, uh, of individuals reflective of the community. We have uh, school teachers, we have mothers with babies, uh, we have uh, former principals, we have uh, Olympic athletes. We have some strong business uh, background as well. And so it's really nice because we come to meetings for planning and it's not just a bunch of athletes or it's not just a bunch of business people. And I think what we're trying to do is... is uh, Uh, get a reflection of the community so that we can do what's best for all, not just what's best for baseball or not what's best for me. And it's been really uh, exciting. I've learned a lot from people because, uh, you know, I know how to spell music. That's about all. But we've got a fellow who's excellent in the music community. And so we learn a lot from each other. And I think if we can be divergent, uh, you know, in our backgrounds and and yet with a similar goal in mind for the uh, facility, I think we'd be quite successful. So uh, as of June, um, the city was looking at the proposals. And uh, in fact, as of the end of September, they uh, decided not to accept the proposal from the prospects. And it was at that point, uh, this last September, that we started talking to um, the city more, more firmly. How long has this been percolating in the back of your mind? I mean, it kind of sounds like you've been working at this for a few years now. Well, not really, actually. You know, I, I'm not a big baseball fan to watch. I like coaching. I like to hit fungos and get out with the kids and, and play. But uh, 
you know, I think the concern was for all of us that the way it was going with the existing operators and the concern that the city had that, um, that, you know, there was a group of city councilors that wanted to get rid of Remax Field. And, you know, I think that would be a tragedy for the city I've lived in all my life to lose such an iconic facility and really lose the hub, the, the, uh, uh, the anchor, so to speak, of baseball here in northern Alberta. So it was really more at that point we said, you know, guys, what do you think? You know, we should maybe get involved. We we don't need more work. We're hard workers, and we don't need a whole lot more money because I've got enough money. Uh, you know, I drive a Ford. I don't need to drive a, a Lamborghini or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so the goal is really just to make sure that uh, if we can do something that's really vibrant, exciting for the community, um, and, you know, that's our goal. At the end of the day, I'd love to be able to sit up in the stands and watch some exciting baseball. And more importantly, watch all the fans really with a smile on their face, looking at, you know, maybe having a craft beer or maybe having a food truck, a, a hot dog or a, a bun and, and really enjoying the experience down the river valley. And of course, when you add the, uh, the $300 million provincial government uh, commitment to beautify the river valley, which of course goes right by Remax Field. And, you know, this will be, uh, we hope, the anchor facility for that uh, investment of time and beautification of that area. In 10 years, it could be pretty exciting to be down uh, near Remax Field. Did you have any reservations about trying to step in, knowing there was already a tenant there trying to make a go of it? Well, of course, you know, it, it was hard walking into Philadelphia uh, to play against the Philadelphia Flyers in 1987, but, you know, you did it because. It was a great challenge, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Fortunately, in 87, our team won, and we were pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as long as everyone's focus is on the community, baseball, uh, development of young Canadian and, and especially young Edmonton ballplayers, then the right decisions are made. You know, I don't think there's any room to be selfish and do what's best for me or you or somebody else. And I think when it gets to the point when we all make good decisions that are best for the community and what's what's good for that little guy down the street who might want to end up playing in a college in the States someday and then coming back and playing in front of his, his friends and family, um, you know, I, I think that's a real key. And so that will be the goal uh, with our group uh, long term. Um, I just I didn't want to see the, the failure that had gone on the. Uh, the, you know, the turf has been ripped up. It's a health hazard out there, safety hazard. Um, some things that weren't going on. I think the city realized that and they needed to look in a different direction. And, and uh, you know, luckily they think that we have the, the wherewithal to make sure that the capital infrastructure is is built up to where uh, Edmontonians, uh, you know, believe it should be. And also do some really exciting things down there outside of baseball. Speaking of the baseball side of it, for one more second here, you do have another hurdle that you'll have to cross at some point, and that is getting a franchise in the Western Canadian Baseball League. Do you have any timeline in mind on when you'd like to be able to make that presentation and make that pitch to see if you can get that second team in the Edmonton area? Yeah, of course, we'd like to do it yesterday, and we've been talking to a lot of people, and uh, of course, you know, I, I... To be honest with you, I, I think that possibly if I was a Prospects fan, I would feel kind of betrayed that they would uh, leave the city and want to go to Spruce Grove. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like they're being kicked out. You know, they have a wonderful, wonderful option, a very financially lucrative option to be able to stay. But, you know, the good thing about life is you can only dictate what you can uh, decide on. And so we'll do what we can to uh, to try to entice them to play. And if that's not the case, we'll try to get a franchise. We think there's, as I mentioned before, a really good opportunity. They have two teams down there. I think Terry Jones said it right in one of his articles that, you know, the city the size of Edmonton deserves two teams and what a fantastic facility. 
So we're going to work hard to do that. But, you know, we can't force people to do something they don't feel comfortable with. And so we'll just keep on working hard in that regard. Do you foresee yourself getting involved in something along the lines of what's happened in Okotoks where they put together? I know the prospects had an academy, but is that something that you've thought of as well? Or is that still uh, kind of too early to tell? Oh, absolutely. That's the third component of our of our vision, and that's to develop a, a minor baseball uh, organizational development program. And uh, not in competition, but in combination with the really good programs we have uh, around the city uh, to be able to develop and build an indoor facility, um, you know, in the shoulder areas. The WCBL goes really hard in, in June and July. Uh, but, you know, April, May, a lot of our young kids are out playing. And can you imagine the smile on the face of a little guy who's trying out for a team in his in his league and he comes to get to practice at uh, REMAX Field? So uh, this is not uh, exclusive. We don't want this just to be with, uh, you know, collegiate baseball. We want this to be very inclusive in the community, both with minor baseball, boys and girls. A slow pitch, can you imagine the fellows that play slow pitch get a chance to go down and play, you know, their finals or a tournament in Remax Field? We want the facility to be used and used a lot by not just one team, but by the community. And I think that's why the city was quite excited about this uh, opportunity. Have you had any conversations at all with the Edmonton Collegiate Baseball Club, the new trappers of the, the Canadian College Baseball Conference? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I spoke at their banquet this year. They had a fundraising banquet and I was able to speak. Uh, you know, their coach, Ethan Elias, a wonderful young man, and uh, he's just got a real vision for baseball. He's got a great experience. I think he does a really, really good job with young folks. And, you know, I, I, I can't say I, I have uh, such an affinity there, but here's young uh, university and college players playing the sport they love. It reminds me of the hockey days when I was lucky enough to play with Claire Drake and be able to get my medical degree. So, yeah, the ECBC, uh, we hope, will be a big part of this. And they're run with such ethical people and uh, individuals who, again, what they want is they want the best for the, these young players. So we really think that they'll be a big part of this. How important is it to you to keep this thing on the rails for the community, knowing that there is that faction believing it's time to tear down the stadium and move on with life? Yeah, well, we want to make sure that doesn't happen. And, uh, of course, uh, an anchor tenant would be an important component of that. But, uh, you know, it would be hard to take St. Albert and Sherwood Park and put them together to collaborate. It might be hard with Northeast Zone and South Jasper Place to come together. But all of these young kids have a goal in mind. And, of course, the goal in baseball will likely be a, a college scholarship in the States or at least the best experience they can have in baseball. And so we think that in combination, we might be the glue to bring these groups together to say, sure, we want to win, you know, we want St. Albert to win the national championship, things like that. But really what we want to do is we want to give these young players a chance to develop their skills, go back to those communities, work hard with their teams. And uh, with Remax Field just being such an iconic facility, um, we think we might be able to do that. So that will be good, not only for all of those community baseball programs, but more importantly for those young boys and girls. What's it mean to you to try to put your best foot forward on this? Because I know you also had a baseball career way back when. Yeah, you know, baseball was always uh, my sport. I was a much better baseball player than, than hockey player. The problem was by the time I got good enough to get a scholarship in the States, I was in medical school. So I, I didn't think the University of Alberta was very excited about me going down to play baseball halfway through my medical classes. <laughs> So, uh, so I decided to pick a different sport instead, and that, that tended to work out okay as well. Um, 
So, yeah, I think it's really important. I, I love the fact that, you know, here we've got the, the mental health concerns, the COVID putting lots of stress on people and, you know, recreation. We've got, I've got patients that can't wait to go out and run for five miles every day and that gets them through the stressful time in their life. Well, when we transfer that into our younger uh, population, you know, whether it's music, arts or drama, ballet, hip hop, doesn't matter, or baseball, doesn't matter to me. We really, as community citizens, want to give these people a chance to excel in whatever they want. Now, I don't know anything about hip hop, so I'm sure it's like not going to teach them how to, to dance. But what I can do in my small way with our group is to give them the opportunity to be the best they can be uh, in the field of baseball. You mentioned concerts, but what other kinds of things do you foresee going into that area so that it becomes more than just a baseball stadium? Yeah, well, you know, the problem with Edmonton is that we have four or five months of a lot of snow, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get that snow off, and a 20 below doesn't work. So a big part of our goal will be to have an indoor facility that will augment the existing uh, baseball field. Um, you know, it's a vision of ours, and it's going to take a, a lot of money and a lot of effort to do that. But we really think during those shoulder seasons, so, you know, March, April, May, before uh, the baseball, the summer collegiate baseball season starts, to have these young people down there, you know, gaining skills, having good coaching. And then after the season is over in the middle of August, August, September, October, to potentially do that. You know, when I played, you played in the middle of summer, and then you stopped and you went on to play hockey. But now we've got a lot of young men and women who are committed to playing baseball as their sport 12 months a year. So we want to be able to give them an opportunity of doing that. There's an indoor facility down near Foothill Stadium that's done a wonderful job doing just that. And so we'd like to learn from other areas and uh, try to pick off some of the the, uh, the assets that they've provided to the community and do that same here at Edmonton. If you were to put out your crystal ball and look ahead 10 years down the road, how are you going to gauge success out of this? You know, people have always asked me that before when, you know, you coach a hockey school and things like that. What's your what's your goal? I say, well, one child smiling. <laughs> of course, they say, no, no, what's your real goal? And how much money? I said, one child smiling. You know, I can see, uh, I know there's a, a vast community of baseball enthusiasts here in Edmonton, but there's a lot of people who could like baseball a lot, but maybe they don't know where the facility is. They don't know a lot about baseball. They don't want to go sit and watch nine innings. They want to be entertained. And so there's a, a group of, of uh sort of demographic of individuals between the age of 20 and 35 who uh, want to do lots of things. They want to stay active. And I think what we can do is we can take this sort of meager attendance of 1,500, 1,800 people uh, in a 9,000-seat facility. That's quite small. And uh, and bring that up a lot. And not just with the baseball fans. We think it's the young kids we can be involved in uh, that entrepreneur who just wants to go down and have a beer with his buddy but have a really exciting time uh, in the river valley Um, so yeah some challenges but i think ultimately we want to be able to look back in 10 years and look around and see i think these folks are having some fun you mentioned challenges what do you foresee as being the biggest one as you embark on this new venture well i think the biggest challenge of course as you said that it's been difficult to work with the uh you have the prospects owner in that, uh, you know, he's he, he believes that his best opportunity is to uh, move uh, the franchise to Spruce Grove. Uh, there is a clause that gives him exclusivity. So if he really wanted to betray the fans in Edmonton, he could probably just sit on that and, and there would be no baseball or not, at least at the WCBL level. Uh, in Edmonton. And, you know, that's certainly his right. He's, he spent a lot of time and effort to, to work and develop the prospects. I would hope that, you know, uh, we would look past, uh, you know, 
financial considerations to look at what's best for the community because there have been a lot of really good uh, number of fans going down and watching the game. So that, I think that's a challenge that we, we'd like to look forward to. And we've got a long time. Unfortunately, with COVID, uh, it's almost assuredly we're not going to have baseball this year. So we have a number of uh, months to work with the the league and uh, and see whether something can come about. But again, you know, life is pretty simple. You can't uh, worry about things you can't control and we'll just deal with it as we can. What do you see as the biggest opportunity? Oh, I think the biggest opportunity, and it's interesting that my, my daughters uh, were, were big into speed skating and they had a, a wedding down in Phoenix. And so all these speed skaters came down and we went to a, an Arizona Diamondbacks game. And I'm sitting there excited as anything watching baseball. And there was four of them. They were sitting there just looking like, what is this? What What is going on? So I said, girls, move apart. I'm going to sit in between you. Now watch what the second baseman does when the pitch is a curveball. Watch where the ball comes out of the hand of the pitcher. When it's hit to the left field, look what look what the second baseman does. It makes me, God, baseball is a great game. And I said, sure is. We just have to teach you. And so what we want to be able to do is, and everybody knows the game of baseball, but the nuances are difficult. So we hope that if we can create an entertainment experience so that people want to come down who maybe aren't just baseball fans, and say, damn, this was fun. I, the beer was cold. The food was great. It wasn't very costly. The parking was okay. And geez, I know a lot more about baseball now. I think that will be the challenge. And I think the biggest reward for all of us that we can turn uh, more people in the community into fans of the game of baseball. Randy, appreciate your insight and willingness to add a little bit more context into the conversation being had right now. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again to both Pat Cassidy and Dr. Randy Gregg for joining us this week. We'll keep you updated on any developments on this story as they happen. We'd also like to take a moment to thank all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review if you can on your podcast provider of choice. Those actions help spread the word. Until next time, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.